Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the EdTech Academy podcast. My name is Ronnie Williams. I am your host, and I have been missing in action for over a month now. Oh my gosh, I was the very definition of consistency, putting out an episode of the EdTech Academy podcast every single day for nine episodes straight. Every day, not every day. Oh my gosh. Let's start this over. (laughs) I put out an episode every week for nine weeks straight. I was tooting my own horn. I was super excited about that. Uh, And then I don't know what happened. I missed a week, and then I missed another week, and then I missed another week, and then uh, a month later, I hadn't recorded a podcast in a really long time, and and I apologize for that. I don't know if anybody out there missed this show. I certainly missed sitting down and uh, recording it because I think it's just a great way for me to reflect on everything that I've been doing with work, to share that with you guys, to talk about stuff that makes me happy, and the stuff that makes me happy is technology. So I want to pick up right where I left off on the last episode, the discussion question of the week, are you picking up any of the new Apple products? And this was this was uh, two Apple product announcements ago, because just this week they had another Apple show, and on it, they announced the new MacBook Pro, the new Apple AirPods. Uh, was there something else? Seemed like there was probably something else. Oh, there was a new HomePod, or at least some new colors of those. But before that, Apple had an event where they announced a whole bunch of stuff. They announced a new iPhone, a new iPad, and uh, I have now been using the iPhone 13 Pro. That's the one that I went with. I went with the new Sierra Blue because, I don't know, it was new, it was different. So I went with Sierra Blue. Been using the iPhone 13 Pro for, uh, I guess, over a month now, and uh, I'm really happy with it. I will say that it's definitely more of an incremental upgrade as far as iPhones go. They used to do like the iPhone 7 and then the 7S. That was like the next year's update. And this feels like the iPhone 12S to me. I had the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Now I have the iPhone 13 Pro. So the difference, the biggest difference for me is that I went with the smaller form factor. And I did that because there's really no features in the iPhone 13 Pro that uh, are, are, are missing from the Max. So like last year, the 12 Pro Max had more features than the 12 Pro did. You got a, a bigger battery, which I guess is still true in the 13, but you also got camera stabilization, video stabilization in the, in the 12 Pro Max, and that didn't come with the 12 Pro. So I went with the 12 Pro Max. And uh, those, those, those phones are named very appropriately because they max out the amount of space that I have available uh, in any of the pants that I wear because they're so doggone big. Oh my gosh, those phones are humongous. And um, yeah, so I, this year I went with the iPhone 13 Pro. Uh, at the end of the day, I still have 50% battery left in it and I, I'm on my phone a lot. I think that my average daily use is somewhere in the four to five hour range where the display is on and I'm doing something with it. That gets skewed a little bit whenever I'm on the road because I always use my GPS whenever my phone's, whenever I'm in the car going somewhere. So on those days, you know, the the display will be on for a lot longer than four to five hours typically. But 
I guess my whenever I get my report at the end of the week, it says that you've used your phone four to five hours every day. And to use a phone that much and to still have 50% of my battery life left, I think is is pretty darn good. With the 12 Pro Max, uh, it was getting down to you know 20 to 30% available at the end of the day, every day. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm really happy with the 13 Pro. It's an incremental upgrade. Uh, the thing that I did notice about it right off the bat that was that was kind of the wow factor that now I don't even think about it, but uh, the screen has a 120 hertz refresh rate, which means that whenever you uh, scroll around on a page or go to another page of apps, it's just really, really smooth. There's There's basically no delay at all. And it looks really nice. It's really hard to describe <laughs> using one's voice. And it's something that you just have to see uh, to realize what's happening. Has that drastically changed my life? No. Is it cool? Yeah. Does it mean that you need to upgrade to the 13 Pro if you've already got the 12 Pro? I would say I would say no. But I'm on the Apple iPhone upgrade program because I'm nerdy like that. And I must have the latest and greatest in all of my technology, especially my phone, because my phone is my most used device. Um, no matter what, throughout the day, whenever I wake up, whenever I go to sleep, all throughout the day, I'm going to be using my phone in some capacity. So I always want to make sure that I've got that thing kind of maxed out. That way I can take advantage of all the stuff that you can do with a phone, which is so much. You've got You've got a computer in your pocket, so... It doesn't cost me but $50 a month to have the latest and greatest iPhone. Google announced this week their Pixel 6, I believe it was called. And every time a new Google phone gets announced, I'm very tempted to jump into the world of Google because I do so much already with Google. However, I'm, I'm deep down the, the Apple iPhone rabbit hole at this point. I've got... Um, I think a terabyte worth of photos and videos that's saved to my iCloud at this point. So to to jump ship and to go to something different, it would really take a lot of effort on my part to, to do that. So those Google phones are cool, but uh, I think I think Apple's has its clutches in me and, and I'm not going to be jumping ship anytime soon. So that was the question from last week, or I guess last month, I should say. Uh, nobody else responded to that, so you get my feelings on it. This week, would love to hear you chime in on our discussion question, which is, what EdTech-related topic or tool would you like to learn more about? It's been a while since I have come up with a new webinar idea. been using kind of the same old ideas, and, and people certainly seem to enjoy those. But if there's something out there that I'm, I'm not covering currently, I'd love to know what that is. Uh, that way I can address that. You know, maybe, maybe this suggestion from you will lead to a future webinar that I do in the future. And that would be pretty cool. I would totally give you all the credit in the world. <laughs> so let me know that. You can join our Facebook group and chime in there. There's a link to that in the description of the podcast. Or you are more than welcome to email me. It's ronnie.williams at greenbush.org. Up next on our little agenda we have here, we've got Academy Editions. And if I went through all of the stuff that I've added in the last month, it would take an hour probably to, to do this podcast. And and I don't want to go for an hour. I think, I think that 20 to 30 minute mark is kind of my sweet spot. So we're going to keep it within there. And I'm just going to give you a couple of the highlights, stuff that I've added 
Uh, with HubSpot, which is what I create my newsletter in that gets sent out to you guys, the EdTech Academy newsletter, we get really good feedback and analytics. It tells us exactly how many people are accessing a certain resource on our newsletter. And I know that every single week since I've started doing any kind of grab-and-go resources, templates, things of that nature, that is always the most popular thing that winds up in my newsletter. So being as that it is the spooky season, throughout the month of October, I've been adding five resources per week to what I'm calling the Halloween grab-and-go resource. So these are things like, uh, I don't know, a Halloween letter, safety tips, uh, lesson ideas, printables, crosswords, all kinds of stuff that you can just access. And you don't have to Google and search around and find those Halloween ideas. It's just all kind of right there available to you on EdTech Academy. And because I wasn't actually the person that created these items, I have made them public so they're not locked behind the paywall. I think that by doing that, I'm following any kind of copyright stuff that there might be. So those are available to anybody, whether you're a subscriber to EdTech Academy or not. Uh, plus.greenbush.org is the website that you can go to. You can create an account. Uh, you can, And you really, you don't even need to create an account to access any of the public things that are available there on EdTech Academy. So go over there and check those out. I'm going to continue making sure that I have some kind of template or something in every single newsletter because that definitely seems to be something that people enjoy, that it's resonated with them. So I'm a man of the people. I'm going to make sure they get what they want. Other than those uh, grab-and-go resources, I've done, uh, of course, a quick tip video. Each week I release a new one. I just want to highlight two of them that I've done in the last month because they've, they, they're they really exciting to me. Uh, and maybe I'm alone in this because I'm very nerdy and I know that. I'm nerdy and I know it and that's fine. But the first one that I want to talk about is Google Spaces. Spaces is now integrated and it's a part of Gmail and it is just a really neat way for you to work together with a team. So I've been jealous for a long time of uh, people in the business world that work together in teams and they utilize platforms like Slack and Microsoft Teams. I saw those pieces of software as something that was really cool, uh, but as a department of one, I, I, I just don't have a reason to utilize those platforms. But I think it would be so easy to have a workflow and to work together with a team on those platforms because email just doesn't really do a great job of collaboration. Yes, you can message people, but whenever you get multiple people responding back and forth, you don't know who they're talking to, you get stuck in that reply all email chain, that's not a fun place to be. So now there's uh, this thing called Google Spaces, and like I said, it's integrated right with your Gmail inbox. You open up Gmail right below there, it's gonna say Google Spaces, you can open that up, and within there you can create these uh, I guess groups, I'll call them, of people. It could be you, it could be you and two people, it could be you and a whole bunch of people. I don't know what the limits are on that. But in there, you can kind of have a chat where you can reply back to each other, you can have emoji reactions, uh, you can add tasks. So if you wanted to assign somebody to a specific project, you could add a task to them. You can upload files and those will just sit right there within that space. So you don't have to have people go into Google Drive to try and find stuff. It's just, it's a really, really slick product and I love that it's integrated in something that already so many people utilize. I, I mean, Gmail is by far and away the application that I use 
more than anything else. And so if they can add more functionality into that, I just love that. So if you haven't checked out Google Spaces yet, please do so. It's really neat. I do have a EdTech Quick Tip available for it for our dedicated and loyal subscribers. The other uh, Quick Tip video that I want to talk about is an application called Bulb. B-U-L-B, Bulb. And I have been using Wakelet for a long time, kind of as my website that I'll point people to go to. It's got all my social media information, links to EdTech Academy. You can get to it by going to bit.ly backslash Ronnie Loves Tech. It's just a really easy way to kind of create your own website where you can have a lot of different resources on it. This week, I looked at my little to-do list for quick tip videos that I need to make, and up at the very top of that list was just the word bulb. So sometimes I'll just kind of be in the weeds and I'll find something and I'll just add it to the list without always providing myself a lot of context of what it is. Well, uh, luckily for me, I investigated what bulb is. I was very, very impressed with what I came away with uh, after spending some time with this application. So Bulb is an online space. It's completely free for teachers and for students. You get the premium version of it. It's not some stripped down kind of lame version that, that makes you, you know, incentivizes you to pay them money for it. It's not like that. They, they've made it free for teachers and for students. And it's a to simplify it, I guess it's a way for you to have a digital portfolio. But with that, you can have pages which is just a single page that you could share out with uh, everybody or with individual people. Or you can also create these things called collections, which to me is a lot like a Pinterest board. So with these collections, you can have a big topic. And then underneath that topic, you can have all of these different resources. So my example in the quick tip video was my topic was Lego. And then within that topic, I had a link to BrickLink, which is a place where you can buy and sell individual Lego parts. I had a link to the Lego Shop at Home website where you can buy sets directly from Lego. I think that it's it's exactly like Pinterest, but also with that, you know, you can make that collection public or private. And I just like the ability to make some resources on Bulb private and some Bulb resources on Bulb public. Because with Wakelet, once you make a page, that page is either private or public. And really the flow of Wakelet is that it's a page and you just have to scroll down and down and down. And I'm much more of a folders kind of guy. And that's more like what you're doing within Bulb. On top of that, I'm not gonna utilize this, but I could certainly see how teachers and students would utilize the resume feature. It's built right within Bulb. Um, it's right next to where your collections are. You just click resume. You can uh, then add. It has all of these leading questions like uh, workplace information, school information. And you just type that in. And then that's also a page that you could very easily share out with uh, a potential employer. So for schools that are still trying to figure out individual plan of study, you know, how am I going to do that? What is that going to look like? Where can we store all of that information? I think that Bulb was was absolutely created with that kind of end product in mind. Really, really neat application. Definitely fits the budget, the price of free. Uh, again, I've got a quick tip video about that for our subscribers. So I would just encourage you to head on over to that website. It's bulbapp.com, and I will leave a link to that in the description of the podcast as well. Check it out. It's good stuff. Oakley Doakley, our final section is Reflections. My reflection boils down to one head topic, 
and then three subtopics. The head topic is work has been busy. I'm involved in a lot of stuff and things at Greenbush, which is awesome because people are uh, recognizing and wanting my assistance with a lot of different things. And that's cool. It feels good to be wanted, right? <laughs> if nobody really wanted me to work with them, then uh, we might we might have some, some problems uh, abroad. So here's what's been going on as, as far as work has been going, because it's been busy. Uh, the thing that's really kept me busy in the last month is doing evaluations for Greenbush Virtual Academy teachers. Holy cow. Uh, this, it, it's time consuming, but man, it's, it's pretty easy because we have hired just straight up beasts. All of our teachers are beasts. And I mean that in the kindest sense possible. They, they just get stuff done. They are... They know their pedagogy, they know their curriculum, they are awesome in an online environment. I just can't say enough good things about all the teachers that are involved in the Greenbush Virtual Academy. Every one of them deserves a shout out. So shout out to you, Bonnie, Kara, Alicia, C, Alicia, B, Jordan, Kelly, Olivia, Michelle, and Emily. You guys are all amazing. So I've been doing a lot of evaluations with them. I've got one more to do. One more and I'll be done. And, well, until until February, whenever we get to do those again. But it's been kind of fun to put my uh, my principal hat back on and do some evaluations. It has been, I guess, about four years since I've done an evaluation of a staff member. And uh, I mean, it's always much easier whenever you're evaluating a rock star. Well, let me let me amend that. It's easier and it's more difficult. It's easy in that you don't have to have those difficult conversations about growth, but it's harder in, I believe that the evaluation process is about growth. And as good as somebody is, you still need to find a way as their administrator, as their person doing their evaluation, find ways, find things to suggest ways that they can improve because everybody, everybody can always get better. If you think that you are as good as it gets, I'm going to recommend that that's maybe an area that you could get better at. <laughs> so a lot of the times I'll recommend, you know, of course I'm techie. So let's let's think about tech tools and especially being a virtual teacher. Let's think about ways that we can bring in those different tech tools and just be open to trying new things. Because a lot of times whenever teachers get stuck in a rut and they get bored with, with their routine, it's because they're in a routine and they're not stressing themselves out, trying new things. And I, I firmly believe that the most growth that we experience as humans is whenever we put ourselves in those places where we're just a little bit uncomfortable. And I get it. I know how it is. Whenever I sat down and I started getting into Bulb, I was a little bit overwhelmed and I was like, man, I'm, uh, it's going to take so much time to learn this. Is it going to be worth it in the end? And, uh, you know, ultimately it was. I found something that that is kind of a game changer for me. And I think that it's going to really improve the way that I'm able to share things online. Not everything is going to be like that in the tech world, but I think just having the mindset of, hey, I'm, I'm willing, I'm able to sit down and to be a little bit vulnerable and to try some new things I think that, that that makes all the difference uh, from a teacher perspective, just changing things up, making things fresh for you. The other thing that has been keeping me busy is uh, Greenbush Plus in general, which is kind of the, the big umbrella where we have uh, all of our online content. That's the website where EdTech Academy lives at. But the concept of Greenbush Plus is that anybody 
at Greenbush in any department could create a subject area like EdTech Academy and they could have content available there online. So I've been uh, talking to other departments through our learning services meetings about how they could have a presence there. And lo and behold, uh, I've already migrated over the content for the ESOL program. That's already on there. I did that kind of over the summer. Now I'm going to be working on migrating, actually not migrate, well, kind of migrating. Our professional development point toolbox is an online place where teachers can catalog the professional development points they earn. And then there's also an area on there where they can go and they can do some on-demand uh, seminars so that they can earn points and college credit. Well, I'm going to be involved in creating a professional, a PDP toolbox uh, subject area there on Greenbush Plus so that people, whenever they log into Greenbush Plus, you know, they don't have to go to a different website in order to access those kind of on-demand training modules. And I'm really excited about that. Uh, I like creating those modules, believe it or not, on EdTech Academy, and I don't have to create the content for these. The content part is already done. Uh, they just, some other departments have reached out and said, hey, we really like how you've got your modules set up on EdTech Academy. Could you do the same thing for us for PDP Toolbox? And so I'm going to do that. So here in the next uh, week, I would say we should have quite a few of those. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, uh, I don't know if I'll record this podcast next week or if I'm going to do an every other week kind of thing, but that will be maybe a goal that maybe I can share an update with you guys. And at that point, I'll be able to say, hey, PDP Toolbox, it's now available on Greenbush Plus. You can go there. You can get some on-demand credit. So that's a that's a hashtag goal. Last but not least, the other thing that's been keeping me busy is that uh, we decided to open up EdTech Academy for free trials for any school district that wanted to try it out from uh, October, like the beginning of October, until the end of the year. So basically a three-month free trial for you to go in there and dig around and decide whether or not EdTech Academy is something that might benefit your school district. And we've had a really great reception to that. I've currently got 13 school districts that are signed up for that free trial. They're utilizing it. I've done some onboarding with, with several of them. So I feel good that uh, we're going to be able to up our subscriber count and that ultimately, you know, I'm going to be able to help more people integrate technology. And that's, that's what I'm all about. That's the entire reason I made that website. Um, it was really born out of frustration. I, I might get one day with a school district to do technology training, and that's just not enough. Technology train changes so rapidly. We made this website so that people could go in there and learn about the tools that they want to learn at the pace that they want to learn about it. And the other really uh, good reception that we've had is on college credit. So I think in offering the free trial and now knowing that folks can get undergraduate college credit for completing modules on EdTech Academy, uh, the reception of that has been has been really great. And there's been some school districts that have reached out to me uh, to talk to me about it uh, that I've, I've not communicated with uh, in the past. I mean, I've done a lot of cold emails, you know, looking up superintendent emails and just kind of sending stuff out into the ethos, hoping that somebody would respond to me. And uh, they usually don't with those cold call emails. But I think that this goes to show you that if you put enough effort and time into something, and if you make something valuable enough with features that people actually want, that people are going to uh, be interested in that. And, and I think that that's definitely been reflected so far in uh, the work that I've done on EdTech Academy this year. You know, we've got about 80 subscribers currently in EdTech Academy. That number has been pretty stagnant. 
over the course of a year. You know, I'm thankful that we didn't lose a lot of districts uh, as we changed over to this year. But ultimately, I want that number, like, I guess uh, a good goal is, you know, in the hundreds. How cool would it be to have 100 school districts that are subscribing to EdTech Academy? I think that's a great number. And then, of course, after we get over that 100 uh, threshold, the next goal will be 150, and then 200, and then uh, every single district in Kansas, and then you know every state. World, let's let's have let's have one district in every state that's a subscriber to EdTech Academy. We've made it so cheap, so gosh darn cheap. My goodness. So uh, I didn't mention that, but with that free trial, you know I'm going to reach back out to these districts in January, and I'm going to say, hey, uh, how's how's the trial going? Are you enjoying it? If you want to continue your membership. It's only going to cost you $300 to continue your membership for the remainder of the school year. And that covers every single person in your district with an email address. That could be teachers, that could be support staff, that could be students, everybody. Even if you've got 5,000 people that fall underneath that blanket, all of your folks can, can retain access to EdTech Academy for that low subscription cost. I'm not a salesman. I'm really bad at selling things, but I am super passionate about what we've built on EdTech Academy. And I want, I want as many people as possible to be able to take advantage of that resource because I believe in it. Uh, I think that it's, it's something that can benefit a lot of folks, and uh, I, hope that, I hope that people enjoy it. So that's, that's what's been keeping me busy at work. It's, it's a lot, but it's been a lot of fun. I enjoy it. All right, folks, we are at that sweet spot. We are in between the 20- and 30-minute mark. I've talked about a lot of stuff and things. It's been a lot of fun. I hope that you've enjoyed the conversation. I've enjoyed actually sitting down and talking about stuff with you. Of course, this is just a one-way conversation at this moment, but my goodness, I, I implore you, I beg of you, go on over to our Facebook group, engage in our discussion question of the week, send me an email, ronnie.williams at greenbush.org, talk to me about anything tech-related, would love to feature your questions, your thoughts on the podcast. I appreciate you listening in. The only thing left to say, of course, as always, is happy ed teching. <laughs>